Hello. Welcome to episode 11 of I Disagree with me, your host, Martin Johnstone. I did record an episode 10. It's available on my Substack because it was a video episode. Um, and for technical reasons, I wasn't able to upload it to Spotify. So there appears to be a gap. Um, it isn't intentional. There is an episode 10. I invite you to go to my Substack and find it. In the meantime, though, we will plow on with episode 11, which takes us into our next stage of understanding ourselves. I'm going to talk about journeys for a couple of episodes, and this is part one. I'm going to talk about myself. I'm going to talk about um, people I know some quite well, some not that well. And I have looked at their journeys and looked at their lives and understood what I believe to be is their archetype, their vision going forward, their the mold that they create with their actions and who in literature or in myth um, their actions replicate. Um, we all have an incredible sense of ambition but not all of us have the will to climb the mountain and steal the fire like Prometheus. And then there are some of us who are soldiers and fight the war that we are born into. And some of us try to find peace and some of us enjoy the battlefield. I would say that my personal journey is a lot of the latter, where I realized that I was going to have to fight if I wanted anything in this world. The journey that I'm on now is I'm very much aware of who I am. And now I'm trying to um, be that person every day by demonstrating love through action and through um, through my uh, behavior and demonstrate my commitment through my um, desire for peace and understanding. I'm also on the journey to 
facilitate the kind of growth that I know I still have left in me and the kind of winning that I know that I have in me. And there's that great feeling that I have that as I push forward and I hoe my rows and I don't look back because you can't hoe your row unless you're looking forward, there will be a harvest and there will be exponential growth. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm very compelled to share how I feel about that, which is the trepidation comes as a part of the humility I'm experiencing and the vulnerability I'm willing to express and show in order to be able to find a place for myself and a place for us to be together and grow. I think that um, one of the things that happens is that we see other journeys unfolding and taking place. I mean, I guess the first thing to do is really put those journeys into context, into perspective. It's often that we see people advancing, progressing, growing, moving, getting more of what they want. And we wonder how and we wonder why if we are locked in a cycle of um, complexity and not accepting the simplicity of other people's opinions of us are not our business. There is a genuine um, attachment that I have to a lot of what I would call Eastern teaching. Um, but I would never fly my flag as being part of or solely interested in one perspective. I used the word pluralism the other day in a conversation and somebody said, that's a much better word than liberalism. I said, yeah, because liberalism actually shuts out other ideologies. Whereas if an ideology has merit, and I'll repeat that, if an ideology has merit and it is ethical and it is moral and it is humanist and not fixed in racism, hate, patriarchy. It, what I would call 20th century. I mean, certainly if an ideology is 21st century, which means evolved to me and caring to me and really wanting dignity for everyone. Um, 
And yes, there are hateful belief systems that I believe that if the people wanted dignity, they would abandon those hateful belief systems and they would find the, their true selves. I think people are masking and hiding when they use hate as their, as, as their way forward. Um, and we've, we, we've seen that happen to the people that brought hate to our television screens and brought hate to our doorsteps and brought hate to our voting booths. We've seen what happens to them. You know, my, my, my mother used to ask me on a regular basis what I, what I feel about various members um, of the human race that are obviously discriminatory and are obviously hateful. And I used to say to them, you know, I used to say to her mom, you know, I don't know why you're asking me about this, but I'm going to tell you straight that if you look throughout history, if you look throughout history, you know, Darius, Xerxes, Constantine, Mao, Pol Pot, Lenin, Stalin, even the Romanovs, you know, if there was hate at the core of their ideology, where have they ended up? It, it's so easy to get upset when we see the cult of personality unfold in our everyday lives, on television, in other people's minds, in other people's houses. When we see genuine worship occurring, just like Stalin put himself forward, just like Mao put himself forward as somebody to be worshipped, and I know I get into trouble when I say Jeremy Corbyn did the same thing, but he did. And that's why he was viewed the way he was. See, most people, most of his supporters that are upset that he never became prime minister of the UK don't understand that the reason why he didn't become prime minister of the UK is because of the way he was being supported. And how he was being communicated and shared by the people that say they supported him. They sabotaged his bid to be prime minister. And um, run the UK by allowing his campaign to feel as though it was inevitable. To feel as though there was something about it that 
was our destiny in the UK. I mean, as, as you know, I've just spent 16 years there. I'm now not there anymore, but, you know, I'm with Heather. I'm with what is essentially love of my life and living the life that we decided we wanted. And I'm close to my um, greatest friend in the world. It was such a joy a couple of weeks ago. I got to meet her family for the first time and I'm still basking in the energy of them as a family. And to see one another after 11 years of being apart and staying in contact. We lived in different continents. We were on different journeys and we never lost track of each other. Even for a short period of time where we didn't talk for a lot of reasons, we both had a lot to um, understand about the world. Um, to be able to communicate with them now is really exciting. Um, but we took nothing but steps forward in our own lives and I mean, I like to say gravity is not exclusive to planets and suns. And now everybody's in California. I'm in California. Heather was in California. I came to California because Heather is here. Um, and my friend and her family are in California. I mean, I'm the only other people in California that I know. I mean, I might know a couple of other people. Um, somebody I've known for 30 years who I connected with uh, recently, an artist that I've known for uh, just over a decade. Um, you know, I actually funded one of his trips to Japan so that he could create probably some of the best photography I've ever seen. But beyond all that, the, 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 my point is that the journey that I am on is facilitated by a search for peace and health and love and happiness. And it's also fueled by a progression that I feel unfolding. Um, I'm so often told that I'm cryptic But I disagree. I, I, I like to say that I'm protective <laughs> and then I don't think that every detail is um, necessary. 
in order for the overall comprehension of a situation, um, the sort of holistic view, which is a term I like to use, a phrase I write about quite a bit, a considered view is the one I really attach myself to. If you have a considered view of something, it gives you an opportunity to understand how a considered view of your own journey, what are the potential dangers and what are the potential places where growth is short-term and what are the potential ways of making sure that the growth is long-term and what kind of commitment is required in order to be able to get to where you want to go. Answer that question, quo vadimus, with real commitment. I'm going to talk about a specific journey now. And I'm going to use a sports story that's quite relevant. And while I might make reference to a lot of sporting events, I'm not actually talking about sports. What I'm talking about is being able to understand that nothing gets in the way. If you actually want to get to where you want to get to. So Heather and I have an interesting story. We went to Thailand together as friends in 2012, a purely platonic trip. And we enjoyed each other's company um, for an entire week in a beautiful place. And we really loved it. We talk about it regularly. We laugh about it now because we didn't have any um, romantic connection back then. And, um, you know, there's a real sense that you get so many opportunities in your life to witness something. There's a great quote. It's, you know, all the rusted signs that we ignore throughout our lives, choosing the shiny ones instead. And, you know, the first night that we were in Thailand, I explained to Heather that I wanted to watch something on television. And we had to go to a sports bar to do it. And I knew she wasn't a sports fan, but I wanted her to, I wanted her to see it because I had an inkling of what we would witness. And what's so strange is that not only did she understand what happened, but she took a video of it. 
And just the other day, we watched the video of when Manchester City fans realized they went from believing that they had not won the title because Manchester United's game finished first in 2012. Before Aguero scores that goal, the Manchester United game is over and they are on the pitch wondering if they've won the title. And and, and the close-up is of Wayne Rooney. Now, they won the title in 2000 and I want to say they won the title in 2008, the same year that they won the Champions League. And they didn't win the Champions League in 2009. They lost the final to Barcelona. And they lost the final again to Barcelona in 2011. You know, and there they are losing these finals. They won in 2008. They didn't win. Um, in 2009 or 2011. And since then, Manchester United have had such a strange journey that they've been on. And just across town, I mean, the the Manchester City journey, you know, the, 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 the Blue Moon journey. I am not a Manchester City fan, but, you know, Heather's film of that includes there's a guy in the forefront and he's got a Manchester City shirt on. He's got his hands over his mouth. He can't believe what's happening. And of course, this is before the goal goes in, before they win the whole thing. I mean, would it have been 44 years since they won it? Probably. And, um, I mean, Bert Troutman was in goal the last time they won anything, I think, before 2012. No, they won some stuff um, earlier on. But, but, but the point is that just the other day, on Saturday, they beat Inter Milan 1-0. Spanish player, Rodri. Of course, Guardiola played for Spain as well. Um, so he won the European Cup as a player, Guardiola, in 91-92 when Kuman scored that free kick uh, for Barcelona. He, 96-97, they won three trophies in a year, but it, I think they won the UEFA Cup and then they won the uh, probably the Spanish Super Cup, and um, they won the Copa del Rey that year. So that was that was the Barcelona treble that he won, but he never won the big treble. Um, Spain never he never won an international medal as a player. 
And then they won the treble this year. And I thought to myself, you know, it's an interesting journey that they were on because, of course, I had to go through the list of winners and losers. Champions League finals since 1992. I mean, since 1992, right? Because that's the modern game, right? Because if you want to go back to the European Cup, of course, Nottingham Forest were eventually relegated. Um, You know, they just survived their first season back in the Premiership. Um, So the old European Cup, I mean, they won it twice. But, I mean, they were relegated since. They won it. But since 1992, winners of the Champions League, winners of the Champions League, you know, they haven't been, um, they haven't been um, that many that have been relegated. I mean, But you have to think about that. You know, this game is about journeys for the players, for the managers, for the teams, for the fans. Can you imagine what a Manchester City fan has experienced? I mean, since 1992, right? So if we go and we look and we say, okay, so Sam Doria, who won it in 1992, They were relegated in 1999, and they returned to Serie A in 2003. But again, that doesn't count because they had already won (laughs) the Champions League before they were relegated, right? Juventus, as part of the punishment for the match-fixing scandal, were relegated in 2006. They returned from Serie B in 2007. Let's be clear. They have not won the Champions League. They won the old European Cup. They never won the Champions League. Monaco have never won the Champions League. They were relegated in 2011, returned in 2013. And that was after they lost Champions League final to Porto, Jose Mourinho's Porto in 2004. Atletico Madrid were relegated in 2000 and returned to 2002. Again, they've lost two Champions League finals, have been completely changed. As a, as a team in my lifetime, yet they were relegated and they returned, but again, before they lost two Champions League finals. By the way, the only team that's ever won the first final that they were in for the Champions League were Marseille and Dortmund, but that was you know, different in Dortmund. And they lost in 2013. They had won the old. Um, they won the old European Cup. But, you know, wow. Manchester City were relegated in 1998. They returned to the Premiership under Kevin Keegan in 2002. Now, I saw that team. Because he had Anelka there, Nicholas Anelka. And he explained to the Manchester City squad in the dressing room, he said, look, Real Madrid paid 
for their training ground because they were able to sell a young Nico Sanelka, who, by the way, had already played at Arsenal, won the double, but then went on to win the Champions League with Real Madrid in 2000. <laughs> you know, they beat, they beat Valencia in that final. Valencia, who, by the way, lost back-to-back finals. Manchester City lost their final. They lost their, you know, they lost to Chelsea, right? In 2021. So it takes them two seasons to get back to the Champions League final. And when they get back to the Champions League final, they win it. Right? I mean, a two-year gap losing it and then winning it is AC Milan, who did it. They lost in 2005, and then, of course, they won in 2007, and they beat Liverpool to do it. Liverpool, who had beaten them in 2005, um, and then um, won in 2007. And I I know that I'm giving you a lot of information here, but, but let's be clear, okay, that when I'm talking about Manchester City, Right. Winners of the Champions League, they are not your prototypical winners of the Champions League. And I'm going to tell you why. Because 50 years ago, the 1972-73 season, Manchester City competed in the UEFA Cup, competed. They didn't win anything in 72, 73, 50 years ago, 40 years ago. So you have to understand that, you know, 1981 was where Manchester City really came on my radar for two reasons. One, because, one, because I'm remembering the FA Cup final and the FA Cup final replay against Tottenham Hotspur in 1981, you know, Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa, that's another journey altogether, you know. These guys have won the World Cup with Argentina, and then they come to England, and, you know, they're folk heroes before they even land, you know, and this is a time when Great Britain are at war with Argentina over the Falklands, and there he is. You know, the, the war hasn't started yet, but he played for Tottenham Hotspur, while his country was at war with the country where he lived. I mean, his... and he scores the winner in the 81 final, Ricky Villa. But, 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 you know, Manchester City lost that final. And Tommy Hutchinson on the day of the FA Cup final scores at both ends. And in devastating rain. So 40 years ago, all they did was compete. They didn't do anything. 30 years ago, they reached the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the last eight, losing 4-2 to Spurs, who they'd lost to, you know, 10 years, 11 years earlier. Um, And they collapsed in the league 30 years ago. And they finished ninth. You know, in 2002, it was their first season back 
after being relegated at the end of the 2001 season, they won the, they won that title, that, that, that first division championship title by quite a margin. They were unbelievable. Um, and they, you know, they were, they were devastating to play. One of the things that happened when they came back up was that they played Ipswich on a Sunday night when the FA Cup was starting to be broadcast on the BBC, Ipswich Town. I mean, the parallels between these two teams is unbelievable. But, I mean, Ipswich Town haven't won a European title in 40 years. But they played Manchester City on a Sunday night which were a premiership team, Manchester City were a championship team at the time. And Manchester City won 4 1. I mean, it was, they were, Ipswich were completely outplayed by an innovative and exciting side under Keegan, Kevin Keegan. And um, of course, 10 years ago, right, they were defending champions, <laughs> having won the league in. 2012, you know, it was our third time that they were in the Champions League, right? They reached the FA Cup final, <laughs> that they lost to Wigan, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, they lost Roberto Mancini, who had taken them to the title. So even 10 years ago, even though they'd won the title and they'd played in the Champions League but not done well, they got to the FA Cup final. They'd beaten Chelsea on the way and then lost to Wigan Athletic. That night that they lost to Chelsea in 2021, you know, they were they were only favorites to Manchester City fans. They were not favorites to anybody else. Yet deep down inside, everybody thought that they were going to outplay Chelsea and win. And they didn't. And it's funny because when you look at Guardiola, you know that he knows how hard it is to win the Champions League. Wenger never won the Champions League. Guardiola won, didn't win it at Bayern Munich. And these are moments in his life that I know he reflected on the same thing that happened to Greece in 2002 when they did not go to the World Cup because England got a draw and David Beckham saved England and carried them to the World Cup. But two years later, Greece won the European Championship. 
And you have to be, be fully aware as that is no different than when Roma met the night before they played Parma on the last day of Serie A. This is their only title in their history. And they met as a squad and they sat down and they agreed we will win. When Greece were in the dressing room after they drew with England and weren't going to the World Cup, they agreed they were going to win the European Championship in two years. Manchester City, it is obvious that getting back to the Champions League final after beating Real Madrid on the way, it is so obvious that they agreed that they were going to win, to beat Inter on Saturday, which they did. The issue becomes that when we're on a journey, we forget that the only thing that forges the journey, the only thing that forges the future is the steps we are taking forward, not the steps backward, not the pauses, the forward steps. The traveler creates the journey. Forget the destination. Forget the destination. You want to learn how to run? Learn to put one foot in front of the other and think about your next step and that's it. And you learn your body shape and you learn your stride and you learn how to avoid injury all by making sure that you're taking one step in front of you. Stop thinking about the distance. Stop thinking about the time. Monks run a thousand marathons in a thousand days. And the entire discipline is to only think about the next step that you are destined to take because you are committed to taking that step. The only thing that defines the journey are the steps that you are taking forward. And you are fully aware of the fact that you cannot grasp your journey unless you are focused on the idea that the destination is enlightenment, no matter what you think you're headed towards. If you can commit to only taking the next step in front of you and being focused just on those steps, Legend has it that the monks of the Mount High run a thousand marathons in a thousand days in their quest to reach enlightenment. Those who succeed become revered as human Buddhas or living saints. This is the kind of work that we see occurring every day and not just athletes. Guardiola was an athlete. He's a manager. Yes, he's an athlete, a mental, psychological, <laughs> emotional athlete. Heather is an athlete. I see her 
pushing every single day, taking the steps every single day to become what she wants to become. There are other athletes. I mean, someone that I don't know personally, but I'm connected to, just set two world records when they won gold medals at their CrossFit championship. And their journey is is one step at a time, but it started decades ago. And you can see that. Katie Spots is out training again. She's, you know, an incredible distance runner, an incredible endurance athlete who tore an ACL and is coming back from ACL surgery and is training again with her new husband for their next adventure. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It's not just about achievement in a sporting sense. It's about how do you write a book one sentence at a time? How do you become accredited at new disciplines in your life one morning at a time. It's those mornings when you get up and you go to school during a pandemic because you want to be there, sure, but it's the action of getting up every day and going to massage school and becoming licensed as a massage therapist in two states after you've had, while you're having a quarter of a century of exciting and innovative work in something as competitive and challenging as advertising. And when somebody goes to work every day as an FBI agent, <laughs> they're also training every single day. And they're setting world records and accomplishing goals. They're not doing that because they're looking out over the horizon like Captain Ahab and saying the whale's out there somewhere. We're going to go get it. That's Melville's point, by the way, in Moby Dick, just in case anybody never got the real lecture from their high school English teacher. Ahab's problem is simple. He is focused on the whale. He's obsessed with the whale. But his journey is not one step at a time. Ishmael explains whaling in such excruciating detail. That's why he is the narrator. 
because what he's doing is he's explaining the flaws of Starbuck and of Ahab. That they are not focused and committed on their journey enough to understand that it is one step at a time. You know, I could go back and I could talk about sports. Because we've seen so many journeys. I mean, look at the Denver Nuggets. It's no mis- it's no coincidence, by the way, that they're owned by the Cronkies, who, you know, also own the Super Bowl winning Rams and also own Arsenal, who, you know, almost won the title this year and are probably favorites to win the title next year if they can if they can improve on their squad. But but the point is that, you know, the Cronkies, Stan Cronkey, who, by the way, was a was a traitor. He was, you know, one of the sort of group of John Henry, Paul Trudeau Jones, Bruce Kovner um, group that I sort of circled around when I first got to New York. You know, this is, again, he didn't build his empire by saving up all his money and just all of a sudden buying everything he could get a hold of. No, he did it one step at a time. I'm doing that now. I'm trying to do that more and more. in everything, but I invite you to do so. And I disagree with the idea that the destination is the most important thing. And I invite you to view your journey one step at a time. Safe travels to everybody traveling. Peace, love, and understanding to everybody else, including the people that are traveling. And if you get a chance, take a look at the person you're closest to and look at their journey Take a look at your own journey. And remember, the traveler makes the journey with every step they take. This has been episode 11 of I Disagree with Martin Johnstone. See you next week.